Very good. A couple of you enjoyed it. Nice little peppy song. Nothing wrong with that at all. Turn, if you would, this morning to the book of James. James chapter 5 is where we're going to be this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for this time that we have together. Thank you for the truth and song that we've been reminded of this morning. Lord, it is a good thing if we can wake up with heaven on our mind and to remember that throughout the days that you give us on this earth. It's good to be encouraged by that. God, I do pray that as we enter now into this time of looking at your word, I pray that you'd help us to be helped today and that you would help us to be challenged by the, the truth of your word. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, I think you know that we live in a society that has tried to streamline, streamline so many things. We live in a culture that has tried to make things quick. We live in a culture that has tried to make things easy. And I'm not necessarily opposed to all of that. I'm not uh, one who wants to stand against that. It is many times very helpful in our day-to-day -day lives. And so because of that, I'm going to share with you a scenario. I don't know how common this would be. I don't know how many times something like this would be seen. But I have noticed this at different times over the years, that sometimes there are items on a food shelf that say something like this, just add water. Have you ever seen something like that? All you've got to do is just add water, then follow the instructions, and you will have whatever it is inside that box. If you think about that statement, just add water, it really is amazing how simple it is. Just add water. As simple as that statement is, it is amazing, is it not, how complicated people can make it? The box clearly says, just add water. Can you hear someone asking this question? So does that mean I don't have to add eggs to it? Right. The box says just add water. That's, that's all you've got to do is just add water. So I don't have to add eggs. No, no, you don't have to add eggs. Well, do I have to add any oil to it? No, you, you really don't. I mean, that's why it says on the box right there, just add water. So you don't have to add eggs. You don't have to add oil. Huh, that's pretty neat. That's, that's pretty impressive. Just, just add water, huh? Right, right. So, so no milk. Yeah, right. No milk. Just add water. So, so you're telling me just, just add water? Right. If you'll just add water and then follow the instructions, you'll have what you're supposed to have from this product. Well, well, what happens if I go ahead and add just a little bit of milk? You'll mess it up. Well, what if I went ahead and just added another egg, maybe, just for, for some fluffiness or, or a little bit more substance? What, what would do it, or what would it do if I, I did that? You'd mess it up. The box says, for a reason, just add water. 
That's all you need to do is just add water and you'll be fine. I don't think I'm exaggerating this morning whenever I say sometimes things can be so simple that we have the ability to complicate it. You'd agree with that, would you not? That, that it can be so simple, it can be so clear, it can be so obvious, and yet because of its clarity and because of its simplicity, we think to ourselves, there's got to be more to it than that. And the truth is, there isn't any more to it than that. Just do this. Now, as you think about that this morning, we're going to be in James chapter 5 in just a couple of moments. And as we're approaching the verse that we'll be looking at, the statement that we'll be looking at this morning, I want to remind us of the context and I want to remind us of the flow because it's good for us to be reminded because it's easy to forget from time to time. But I want us to be reminded that the believers that James was writing to at least a portion of them had been abused by the unethical standards or practices of the landowners in their day. They had been taken advantage of, they had been abused, they had been defrauded. They had gone to work for these landowners and then not received the financial compensation that they were due. We know that as a result of that, that that had placed some hardship on them, some stress on their lives. And, and I've tried to remind us that we could relate to that if we were ever robbed of our wages for very long. It wouldn't take long for most of us to start feeling the, the stress and the weight of not having the compensation that we were deserved. And we know that it seems from the context that that some had tried to go the legal route to try to get compensated as they deserved, and yet the rich people had abused the legal system as well to get the, the, the verdicts or the, the decisions on their part or, or in their favor against those who would bring the lawsuits against them. And, and so it's been a tough situation for many of these believers. I'm hoping this sounds familiar in all of this, that, that, that this is sounding like, yeah, I've heard this before. Okay, just want to make sure that we've heard this before, okay? And so as a result of that, here's what we know is, is that discouragement could easily set in. And one of the things that James did in an effort to try to encourage the discouraged was he told them essentially to just stick with it to persevere, to just keep going, uh, to keep pressing on, to keep moving ahead, and do not quit in your spiritual lives because of this challenge that lies before you. So he's told them to stick with it. He's told them to just keep pressing on. He's, he's told them to endure, and, and he's tried to remind them of the faithfulness of God. He's tried to remind them of the consistent nature of God, that he is good and that he is kind, that he is merciful, that he is helpful. And, and he's tried to just encourage them, again, do not quit. Don't let this be what sidetracks you in your spiritual lives. And so as James has gone through all of this, as James has addressed this, as, as James has dealt with this, I think from a very thorough standpoint, I want us this morning to look in verse number 13. In verse number 13, we're going to read a question that is asked by James. 
He says, is any among you afflicted? Is any among you afflicted? I know that most of us know this. I know that most of us are aware of this. And I know it's going to seem somewhat repetitive. It's going to seem somewhat redundant. But I want us to think of this word afflicted. What does this word mean? It just means this. To go through hard times or to go through difficulties, to, to go through rough days. So he asked this question in verse number 13, is any among you afflicted? And I don't know about you, but as I was thinking about the context of things and I was thinking about the placement of this question, I was thinking to myself, come on, James, you really need to ask this question. You've already addressed the fact that they are afflicted. That's why you've said to them, stick with it. Don't give up. Persevere. Just keep keeping on. You've said to them that the consistency of God about his faithfulness, about his mercy, about his kindness. And so now you're asking them again, is any among you afflicted? The answer is obvious, yes, they are afflicted. They are going through hard times. They are going through difficult days. They are going through circumstances that they would not have wanted to go through. They are going through some trying times. James, you know this. Why are you asking it again? I don't know why he asked it again. But this morning, I want us to look at what he said next. After he asked the question, is any among you afflicted? Notice what he said next. He said this, let him pray. Let him pray. Is any among you afflicted? Yes, they would say. Then the response of James was this. Let him pray. Whenever James says, let him pray, here is what we know. He is obviously now approaching and is about to deal with the subject of prayer. This morning, I know you know this. I know that you don't need me explaining this to you. I, I know that we're all aware of this because it is so simple. But, but if, if we were to think about this word pray or prayer what is that? What does that really involve? What does that really entail? What is prayer? Well, it's when a person communicates with God. That's really all it is. A, a, a prayer, or when someone prays, is when a person chooses to communicate with God. And here is what we know whenever it comes to this subject of prayer. Whenever it comes to the subject of praying, sometimes it's done in an audible fashion, right? There are times that you and I would pray out loud and we would formulate our thoughts in such a way and we would then express them in an audible tone to where not just God would be able to hear but where others would be able to hear. And we would say we prayed or that person prayed. Someone has lifted up a prayer. But we understand this to be true as well that sometimes prayer does not have to have an audible tone associated with it. Many times when a person prays, it is really nothing more than just what is on the heart of an individual being expressed to God. Again, it's not necessarily out loud and our Father and here's what my concern is or here's what my situation is. Sometimes it is just 
the meditation of the heart and the thoughts that are running through the mind. And, and somehow, we don't know how it works, but somehow what is on our heart and on our mind, it is transmitted to God. And we could honestly, sincerely, genuinely say we have prayed that we have spent this time in prayer. I think we also know this, that sometimes prayer lacks even words that are understood by you and I. We understand that, right? The, the scripture speaks of our groanings or, or of a person's groaning. Sometimes a person doesn't even know what needs to be said, but because of the situation, there is just this communication between the soul of that person and with God. And, and again, while it may not be a formal prayer like it, what would be spoken at church or over a meal or whatever, it is still nonetheless this practice or this this ritual, maybe, of prayers being communicated to God. And so here is James writing to these believers, and he says, Is any among you afflicted? The answer is, yes, James, we are afflicted. And to that, James says, you know what you need to do? You need to pray. You need to talk to God about the hard times you're going through. You need to talk to God about the difficult situation you're dealing with. In the midst of these rough times, in the midst of these hard days, here is what you need to do. You need to pray. I want to ask you a question this morning. It's a very, very simple question. Just want you to answer this, though, in your mind. Could an instruction or an order be any more simple or clear than what James has said? It really couldn't be. I mean, if we think about it, it's almost as simple as just add water, right? So here is James writing to believers, and he is, he is asking them about an affliction. He already knows they're going through. He is asking them about a hard time. He, he already knows they're dealing with. And, and think about this. Two believers, children of God, those who are saved, the advice was this. Pray. Pray. I wonder why James had to tell believers to pray. I wonder if it had anything to do with this. That sometimes things can be so simple that people have a tendency to complicate it more than it needs to be. Can you imagine maybe the scenario being played out in the minds of the believers, again, that James is writing to? Okay, we're going through a hard time. Our wages have been kept from us. Uh, we're, we're dealing with the stress of this. Life is hard. Life is difficult. And, 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 and James, this is a really tough situation. James says, I know, I know. 
pray. Like, just pray? Right. So, so, so what do you think about my lawsuit against the rich owners, the, the landowners? What, what do you think about my lawsuit against them? I, I think James would say this. I'd encourage you to pray about it. Well, 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 what do you think about this? I mean, we're, we're approaching it this way, and we're going to try to go at it this way, and, and we're going to try to get some kind of financial compensation this way, and we're going to try to alleviate our pain this way and our suffering this way. James, what do you think about that? I would recommend that you pray. Okay, James, I, I know that you've said pray. But are you saying to me that, that we shouldn't do this or we shouldn't do this or we don't have to do this or we don't need to do that? I think to an extent what James would say is, is right. You don't need to do this and you don't need to do that and you don't need to do this and you don't need to do that. You need to pray. You need to pray. It's kind of like if you go ahead and try to add things to it, like the eggs or the oil or the milk, you can add to it, but you got to know you're going to mess it up most likely. Because really what you just need to do in this situation is just pray. James, that's so simple, though, that that's just so, so concise. It's just so matter-of-fact. It's just so direct. You're, you're telling us to, to just pray? Right. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. As I was thinking about this statement this week, as I was thinking about this, this simple question that James asked, and again, trying to keep all of this in context, trying to keep all of this clear in my mind, I went back to what was mentioned a few weeks ago where James was trying to talk about the consistent nature of our God. You may remember that he was writing to these believers again. I know this is going to seem redundant, but he was writing to believers who had been defrauded. And what did he say? He said, remember the prophets, Right? He said, remember the prophets. What happened to the prophets? They were hated. For what reason? For simply preaching the word of God. The only thing they did was show up to a group of people with a message from God and said, thus saith the Lord. And guess what? They were hated. And then he moved from there and he said, remember Job and what happened to him. You remember how he lost his health. You remember how he lost his wealth. You remember how he lost his family. You remember that, right? Right. Okay. Okay. So everybody has gone through trials and everybody has gone through circumstances and difficulties and hardships. And he says, your circumstances specific are different, but generally they are the same. And so as I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about how do you make sense with, with this simplistic statement to the people today, I was reminded of this, and, and I hope that this is a help to us, I really do, but I was reminded of this, that every one of us are going to go through trials, though they will most likely be of a different nature for each of us. There is not one of us who will escape hard times. 
I don't care how on top of the world we think we are. I don't care how, how secure we think we have this life. You and I are going to go through some hard times, are we not? We're going to go through some difficulties. Your difficulty may be health. Your difficulty may be finances. Someone else's difficulty may be a family issue. Somebody else's difficulty may be a job loss. We don't know what the difficulty is going to be, but we can be sure of this. We'll all have them. And if we think someone else doesn't have problems just because their problems are not like ours, We're not being honest. Everybody's got problems. And as that is so, I came to this verse and I thought, is any among us afflicted? Is there anyone in our church going through a hard time and Am I going through a hard time from time to time? And and the answer was obvious, yes, it doesn't even really need to be asked. So then the question was, I wonder what we should do then. When the affliction comes, when the hard times come, when the difficult days strike, what do I need to do? And what do you need to do? It's pretty amazing how simple it is. We need to pray. We need to communicate with God in prayer. We may need to get alone somewhere in our house and and just kneel before the Lord and just pour our heart out to God in an audible fashion. We may need to do that, but we may just need in the quietness of our heart to just pour our spirit out to God. There may be those times in the midst of the affliction where we say, God, I don't even know what to say, but, but God, I want to bring this before you. But I want to remind us of something this morning, that when you and I are going through hard times, when you and I are going through difficult circumstances, here is all we really need to do, is pray. But that's too simple sometimes, isn't it? And so what do we do? We start trying to complicate the simple. So I don't know exactly what you mean. Well, let me ask you this. If, and then just see if this seems reasonable or, or possible. Someone may say something like this. So, 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 Pastor, you're saying I just need to pray. Is, is that what you're saying? Right, pray. So, so like James would be telling us then that, that I don't need to worry? Right. Adding worry to the equation does not help anything. Come on now, we, we can sit here, that's right, amen, yeah, we don't need to worry, right. We don't, but how many of us oftentimes, we take the situation and we know we need to pray, but just to make sure, we're going to add a little bit of worry to it. Yeah, you can add worry to the equation, but guess what? It'll mess it up in the end because worry does not help fix anything. The only thing we need to do in that situation is pray. Pray. 
That's so simple. I understand. But what else do we have available to us? We need to pray. Somebody may say something like this. So are you suggesting that in the midst of this situation, that I don't need to be talking about this with other people? I'm not going to tell you whether or not it's wrong or right for you to talk about it to someone else, but I would say this, it's not going to help anything. You realize that, right? For us to pray and then talk about it to everyone, it's not that God says, oh, well, he prayed about it, and then he started talking about it, so I better get on that one real quick. No, the the key is found in just praying and nothing else. End of discussion. Pray. Somebody may say something like this. So are you saying like a a good cry doesn't help anything? You know, let's be honest. Some people, they, they think they need a good cry. Some of you are smiling at me. I guess I know some of you that need a good cry from time to time. I, I'm, just, I'm just saying, I, I'm not going to tell you, boy, you're wrong and you're sinful and you're wicked if you cry. I, I just want to remind you, though, crying doesn't do anything for the situation. Well, it makes me feel better. Okay, it may have made you feel better, but it didn't change anything. What needs to happen? We need to pray. Well, I've really been getting a lot of people's opinion on the matter. Well, I'm not saying there's not a place for some godly counsel. But that's really not where the answer is to be found. Where is the answer, the comfort, the grace, the relief? Whatever it is we need, where is that to be found? It's through prayer. So when you and I have got this situation, when you and I have got this, this, this obstacle in front of us and, and it's hard and it's difficult and it's challenging, what, what do we need to do? We need to just pray. And that be it. But again, so many times, that's just too simple. That's just too easy. There, there's got to be more to it than that. And James would say, you know, really, there's nothing more to add to it. Because if you throw in some worry, you throw in some emotion, you throw in some tears, whatever it is you want to throw in, you can add all that to it, but it's not going to help anything. The only thing that's going to help is prayer. Now, I don't know if a pastor should admit this, but, but whenever I was in my office and I was studying and it's like the light bulb began to, to, to kind of flicker just a little bit and, and then it seemed like I had a little bit of understanding as to what James was saying, you know what happened in my life, in my office? 
I was embarrassed. Because it's so simple. And yet so many times I have made it far more complicated than it had to be. I don't have to talk to Susie about all of it. I just need to pray more. I don't need to go to my, my friend or my, my family and, and share everything with them. No, I just I need to pray more. I don't need to get so emotionally involved and upset about it. I really do just need to pray more. I wonder this morning how many of us would have to admit without realizing it, we have stumbled over the simplicity of this truth. In this situation, I just need to pray more. In this situation, I just need to pray more. As it relates to this, really all I need to do is just pray more. Because that really is the only hope that I have in seeing this result. And this morning is, I remind us of this, that that really the only thing that we need to do in these types of moments is pray. I know the, I think to an extent, the kind of culture that we're living in and the kind of day that we're living in. And people would say something like this. Oh, well, that's good because I just pray all the time. Right? We hear people say that on a regular basis, don't we? Oh, I just pray all the time. I pray all the time. I just pray all the time. Oh, I'm just praying all the time. First of all, I don't believe those people, okay? Because most people don't really pray all the time. But we also have to be reminded of this. That in order for the prayers to be effective, there has to be an effort of obedience on the part of the one who is praying to the Lord. Just real quick, I want you to turn over to the book of Proverbs. Years ago, I preached this sermon or this text for the very first time, and it's been one that has stuck with me ever since. In Proverbs chapter 28, if you look there in verse number 9, it says this. He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law. What does that mean? It just means this. The word of God has been given. And the person has chosen to turn away their ear. They're not going to listen to it. They're not going to listen. They're not going to do it. They're not going to obey it. For whatever reason, they're not going to do what the word of God has said Notice what Solomon said next. Even his prayer shall be abomination. What does it mean for something to be an abomination? It just means this. It's disgusting. It's repulsive. It's something that is abhorred. There's no delight found in anything that is an abomination. 
We following this? So someone comes to this difficult time in their life, and they've got this situation, and life is hard. Okay, okay, well, I'm going to remember what the preacher said. I'm just going to pray. Pray all you want. But if you're not seeking and if you're not striving to live in obedience to the word of God, your prayers are wasted. If we knowingly, willingly, deliberately choose to ignore God's word for our lives and then expect God to hear our prayers, we are fooling ourselves. We'll get to this later on in the study. But James said it's the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man that availeth much. It's not prayers from the rebel. It's not prayers from the ungodly. It's not prayers from the wicked. It's not the prayers of of the one who has made their own rules for their lives. No, it's the prayer of the righteous that actually accomplished something. And so this morning, while the message is simple, pray and just keep praying, no matter what the situation is, the challenge is also this, before I pray, I need to make sure that I'm right with the one I'm praying to. Because if I'm not right with the one I'm trying to pray to, I am wasting my time. I can flop, I can flail, I can cry, I can can bemoan, I can do all these different things. But if I'm not right with him, I have no reason to suspect that he is hearing me or moving on my behalf. So tonight, or this morning rather, for lack of better words, I would say this. In the midst of your difficulties, in the midst of your hard times, here's what all of us need to do. Just pray. But before we pray, we need to make sure that we're right with God. I would ask you this morning, believer, do you really pray like you should? Or do you find yourself adding a whole lot of ingredients that were never intended to be added? Are we praying like we should? And are we praying in obedience to God's will for our lives? It really is that important. Let's all stand this morning and bow our heads for prayer. Fathers, we come to you this morning, Lord, I know that, as I've already tried to convey, that I know that you spoke to my heart this week, and just the need for me to pray more. It accomplishes nothing for me to pray, plus whatever I decide to add in. It'd be nice if I was the only one who has failed in this area but I suspect I'm not the only one who has. Someone this morning may need to be reminded that they really just need to pray more and do a lot less of the other things they've been doing. God, I pray that you would help us to realize also that if we're not walking in obedience to you, then all the prayers in the world will not change anything.
We need to hear that. We need to be reminded of it. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.